to all our listeners. Today we will be studying the 24th chapter of Ilchot Ishut. Um, so let's start. So the beginning of the chapter um, deals with, and, and one of the main, main issues of the chapter is women that lose their ketubah, that they don't have a ketubah. And we said, just, just for the sake of those listening in without much of an introduction, we said that a... Um, uh, a ketubah is what we call a marriage contract, which includes in it the sum, two two sums which the husband would have to pay um, if he got divorced from the woman. The first sum being a based sum, um, uh, what we call ikara ketubah, and then there is tosevda ketubah, the extra sum that he would pay that he agrees to pay um, uh, based on his his own wealth. Um, uh, the base sum never changes. It was it was uh, previously defined by Hachamim, and its definition is clear. However, the Tosefet, what we call Tosefet Ketubah, um, is cha- changes according to the husband's monetary situation. So, in certain situations, the wife will go. Co- oh, now in the Ketubah are also included different properties that are owned by the wife, which are called the Nedunia. This Nedunia includes in it two types of properties which were described earlier in the chapter. Um, uh, sorry, not chapter. Um, uh, I mean um, uh, the previous chapters of this set of Halachot in chapter Tetzain, Halachot Aleph Bet. Um, uh, so the Nedunia includes in it what we call Nechses on Barzel and Nechses Melog. So Nechsem Elog include um, so so the first category is Nechses on Barzel. These are really any this is really any type of property whether whether we're talking about movable movable property or um, uh, real estate um, any property that the husband takes responsibility on to take care of etc. And any value that they were that they would go up or down would be to the husband's benefit. Nechsem Elog on the other hand are the, if is where the husband does not take responsibility on those proper on those properties and any value with which they would change fluctuate would be to the wife's detriment or benefit and also husband's detriment or benefit in the case of son barzel um and it, it obviously this is all um uh, regard uh, this is all this all rests upon whoever takes charge responsibility over the nechasim. So let's start the chapter. Somebody who marries a woman that is ailonit, that her um, uh, physical development is is um, uh, is improper, and she does not have the ability to become pregnant. Now, it is not permitted for somebody to marry an ailonit if he doesn't have another wife, uh, because he cannot, through this woman, he cannot... Um, uh, fulfill the misvav piruurbu. If he has another wife, on the other hand, he could. So somebody marries an ailonit and doesn't have children from her. Not, and he doesn't have another wife to, to make the misvav of uh, bringing children to the world, uh, bringing children forth from. Even though we force the husband to divorce this woman, she is like all the other women in respect to the fact that she has a ketubah and the rest of the conditions pertaining in the ketubah. There is one more part of the ketubah which I did not describe in the preface to this chapter. The ketubah has within it um, uh, the part three of the ketubah has different conditions upon which the marriage was based on. So those are really the three main parts of the ketubah. Though. The money, the um, uh, properties which the wife puts into the ketubah, who has responsibility over them, the husband or the wife, and um, uh, the rest of the conditions in the ketubah. Also, the husband receives what he would receive with the rest of the woman, um, uh, whatever that may be. So, halakha bet. 
אבל הנושא שהיה ולא הכיר בה ונמצאת אלונית ומחיה בלהבין וכל הנושא שנהיה בין הכיר בין לא הכיר בה בין לא הכיר בה אין לה עיקר כתובה ולא תנאי מתנאי כתובה However, somebody marries a woman and he did not know that she was Ilonit before marrying her and now after marriage he discovers that she was Ilonit In other words, she did not let him know she was Ilonit It was, not known, it was known to her but not to him and he married her under false pretense or that he discovered under false pretense that she was that she was disallowed um, to him in a non, non-serious transgression um, uh, um, uh, of scriptural law or which is oral law which is of the sages uh, um, disallowed by the sages whether he knew or didn't know that she was from Shania the transgression of the sages she she um, She doesn't have Ikar Ketubah And she doesn't have the conditions of the Ketubah However, Tosefet HaKetubah, they do have these women But Tosefet HaKetubah, they have them And they don't have money And even And they do not get food um, uh, Payment for food um, that, they, that would be in the conditionings of the Ketubah After being divorced Even after he dies um, uh, They don't get food from the Ketubah Also when we um, split between these two um, This couple We don't take away from the husband um, uh, Any benefit that he derived From this woman's property Even if it was Nechses on Barzel Which he is as we described in the, in the beginning of this chapter Which he is responsible for um, uh, fulfilling the payment of them uh, if they go down in property um, and why do these women have no ikar ketubah but they do have a tosef the ikar the ikar which is a takana by the sages is only when the woman um, it was put in put forth by the, the sages is so that she doesn't uh, was put forth so that the husband doesn't feel uh, like the freedom the easy freedom to divorce her just like that because he didn't know that she was disallowed by him she has no akar however the tosefet ketubah which is something that he agreed to pay um, on his own accord he um, uh, so to speak um, uh Obliged, obligated himself to pay the, the, the ketubah on condition, the, the, the tosefet ketubah on condition that she is his wife. In other words, that she stands in front of him as a wife, um, uh, and she fulfilled this condition. In other words, being married to him, she didn't do anything more than being married to him. Although she was disallowed to him, so now he has to, he has to divorce her. But still, she was married to him. So. He really did end up deriving, this, so to speak, the benefit from being married to her. However, the Torah disallows them from being married, so there really isn't anything for them to do. So he gets a divorce. However, um, uh, it's uh, but he but he has to still pay her the tosefet, etc. Because she was disallowed from before the marriage, it wasn't something that she did that caused her to be disallowed. And her husband, like the example, for example, a woman who um, uh, has marital relations with somebody outside the marriage when she's married, she does cause herself to be disallowed on the husband, and then she loses any um, uh, any of the benefits of the ketubah. Unlike this woman who does not lose any of the benefits of the ketubah because she, she was married the way she was before the marriage, the way she is after the marriage, in the sense of uh, the reason why she is getting a divorce, and therefore she gets what she gets. And why is it that 
some a woman who was shinia. In other words, she was um, uh, disallowed by the sages. In other words, by oral law on this hus- on this man, whether he knew about it before she got married or she he knew about it after they got married. Um, because it is a law put down by the sages, they made what we call a hizuk. They strengthened it by making it so that whether he knew about it or didn't know about it, um, uh, he still he still wouldn't have to give ikar haketuba. Continuation. Abalim nasa had mihayeh belavin vehikir baha, had mihayeh beaseh ben hikir baha ben hikir baha yishlah haketuba. However, if he married one of hayeh Lavin um, woman that is disallowed by the by scriptural law, on, but not serious, but it is not considered a serious transgression. By by serious transgression, I mean that um, karet, where he gets cut off from the world to come. By non-serious transgression in scriptural law, I mean that he gets malkut, that he gets a lashing. So that that is what I mean by non-serious transgression. So whether he didn't hayabelavin, or he married a, and and he knew about it, or he married a woman that was disallowed upon him. Not by a non-positive law, but rather by a positive precept. There, there are certain positive precepts which um, uh, encompass within them a negative precept. Um, so, Hayabelavin is a negative precept. So, if he knew only if he knew about that negative precept, also the non-negative precept, in other words, a positive precept, whether he knew or didn't know, um, uh, the case is that she has ketubah. She has all of the ketubah. Because a Hayavelavin woman that he knew she was Hayavelavin for him, that he that he would have to divorce him, it was so to speak his desire to cause himself this monetary loss of marrying her and having to divorce her. And the disallowance of a positive a disallowance that comes out of a positive precept is what we call isurkal. A not such a serious transgression. And both of them have food after he dies. In other words, if the condition of the ketubah pertained that he would have to give them food, feed them, he still does. And even after his death. And also, if she, if she um, uh, um, uh, took a loan of sorts and ate um, after the divorce, he would have to pay her. For the food, because he he, it's under the husband's responsibility to pay for the wife's food after divorce. So he would have to pay here also, um, even if she took a, a loan to eat. And when we force these two, the these these cup this couple to divorce, we also force the husband to give forth any of the fruits that he took from her property that were under son barzel that were under nixes son barzel. I'll just explain before I explain the halakha. A girl who gets married off before the age of 12. The age of 12 is when she's officially legally mature. So if she gets married off by her father before the age of 12, um, when she reaches the age of 12, she could do what we call mi'un. She could decide that she is not, um, uh, she does not desire to be in this relationship that was she was put into by her father. And she does mi'un and she divorces... Um, and the husband that is married to her is forced to give her, is forced to divorce her. So a girl that does this upon reaching the age of twelve does mi'un. She doesn't have ikar ketubah, but she does have the tosefet ketubah. And ve'en mos'in min ba'al And we do not take away from the husband uh, fruits that he took from her property, even if they were son barzel. And if when she was still under the relationship with this man she took a loan in, in order to eat um, 
and now she has, has to pay the loan, and then she did mi'un, um, we don't force the husband to pay for her food, the food that she took a loan on. A woman who had um, marital relations, a married woman who had marital relations, while she was still married to her husband, she doesn't receive anything in the ketubah, not the because it is something that she did with after the marriage that caused her to have to um, uh, um, uh, break the marriage, in other words, to get a divorce, and therefore the husband doesn't have to give her anything. Now, we said earlier that in a dunya is the properties that the husband takes responsibility on, or that are in the ketubah, that there's some sort of responsibility by the husband on. Um, Son Barzeli has responsibility for the, fru- for the fruition that they bring forth. Nechsem Elog, um, um, he doesn't have responsibility for the fruition or if they go down in value. Same thing with some barzel, is that he does. So now we're going to see um, different uh, the, the case the, the cases pertaining this. And how did they, what do we do with this woman's nedunya? Any woman that her nedunya is still around, in other words, the properties that she entered marriage with are still um, existent. She takes the property and goes and divorce and leaves, even if she was a uh, if she uh, had extramarital relations. And if she was shenya or one of Hayabi Aseh, whether he knew about her or he didn't know about her, or she was an Ailonit, which is a woman that can't bring forth children, or a woman that is disallowed by oral law from a negative precept, and he knew about her that she was disallowed from a negative precept, she receives her nedunya, just like any woman divorcing in a proper way. Now, Barzel. Um, this is an explanation of what, the, what the um, obligation of the husband on the nedunya is. So, Nixeson Barzel, as I described, as I explained earlier, he has to pay um, if they went down in value. He has to pay the wife. If the value went down. The wife does not receive any of it. Now the difference between Nechseh on Barzel and Nechseh Melog is that Nechseh on Barzel the fruition goes to the husband and Nechseh Melog the fruition goes to the wife. Nechseh on Barzel if it goes down in value the husband has to pay the wife for what it went down in value and Nechseh Melog if it goes down in value the wife does not um, get any payment by the husband on that. It's sort of like a sort of, sort of like um, insurance or no insurance. Continuation of If she was an Ailonit a woman that could bring forth children or she was she was disallowed from the or from the, the scriptural law from a negative precept and he didn't know about it anything that the nixes on barzel went down in value even though it's nixes on barzel the husband does not have to pay because she gave him the uh, the ability to have them with him what does that mean it means that the wife obviously it's, um, she, she gave him the permission to um, uh, this is the way I understood this halakha. I might be wrong in explaining it. This is, to the best of my knowledge, what this, the, the following means. When we say literally translating, um, she gave him the permission to have these nixes on barzel in his um, um, uh, 
property um, in the sense that she knew that she was Ailonit or uh, she knew that she was Ailonit and therefore when marrying him and she knew that she was going to have to get a divorce he didn't know but she did so she she also gave him permission for, for to be in charge of the Nixes on Barzel and she knew that she eventually will have to divorce and therefore the Nixes on Barzel she might lose as well um, but this is a just my interpretation of the halakha based on how I understood it I would be would be much obliged if somebody told me otherwise. Um, and anything that, on the other hand, anything that gets lost or, or value goes down from the husband would the husband would have to pay. This is the opposite of the regular case with regular women. Because. There is no full marriage because a man who is married to somebody from Hayabila Lavina or Ailonit, the marriage is not considered a full marriage from scriptural law. Therefore, um, uh, he does not get the fruition of the Nechsem Elog at all, and he has to and he has to um, uh, pay pay up if their their value goes down. However, a girl that's mema'enet that we describe the girl above the age of twelve decides to do mi'un. She does not get any belayot, any of the value change. She doesn't receive any um, uh, any of the money of the value difference between when she entered and left this relationship. Because we don't take anything um, from, of the value that went up or down from these nechassim, but rather she takes what is left of her nechassim, what is left of her property, and she goes. Now, um, uh, in the following alachot, we're going to see um, uh, different actions which um, uh, completely take away any rights from this woman being divorced. So as we said, a woman that has extramarital relations when she's married, she has relations with another man, she loses the kitubah, the ikar, and the tosefet. And we don't take away anything of the value that the nikhseson barzel or nikhsemilog went down from this husband um, um, at all. And not only the woman that, that's mizanna, also ella afa uberet al dat moshe al dat yudit. Also, a woman that is uberet al dat moshe al dat yudit. Now, dat moshe and dat yudit are basic laws um, that fall on the woman that she has to do. Um, that yudit have to do with certain um, uh, laws of uh, dress regarding dress code, and dat moshe has to do with certain laws that the wife has to, certain obligations of the wife towards her husband. Including a dress code as well, and, and it, it also has in it um, uh, some parallels to that you did. Or a woman that goes out mishum shemra that she give, gives a bad name to her husband. She has no ketuba. No ikar velo tosefet velo tenayim mitenay ketuba. No ikar no tosefet and no conditions of the ketuba. V'chol ahad mehen otelat anemsa nedunyatah veyosea. And any of them takes what's left of their nedunya and go out of their property and go out. Then a bal chayav leshalem kelim velo mashipachat velo mashabad. And the husband doesn't have to pay any of the price differences between the nedunyot, whether nixes on barzel or nixes melo. Ve'elu hein halachayot aleph. And the following are things that we consider that she transgressed that Moshe. If she did them, if she goes out to the marketplace and the hair on her head is uncovered. Or she does make swears or different types of swears and 
whether on herself or on other objects, that she'll do certain things and she doesn't um, uh, fulfill them. Or she in marital relations with her husband and she was in her, during her menstrual cycle, which is a very serious transgression because she causes the husband to transgress and, of course, herself. Or that she doesn't do a frashat hala. Frashat hala is a certain amount of bread, a dough that has to be taken out when she bakes a certain amount of bread um, and she doesn't do it. Or she fed her husband things that are just not allowed. We don't, and by disallowed foods, we don't mean shekasim and velot, different, completely not kosher um, animals, um, uh, completely not kosher foods. We mean that she didn't even that she didn't take out the terumotu maasrot from the fruits and vegetables. Um, she didn't. She gave him food that wasn't. Um, uh, there's a certain amount of percentage that has to be taken out of the fruits and given to the Kohanim to different to different people um, Kohanim, Levim and Aniim or Ma'asad Sheni and she doesn't uh, do that for him and she feeds him the food without taking out the Tirumotu Ma'asarot Continuation of and how are these things to be known? For example, that she tells him, I'll, I'll, I'll read the whole example and I'll So, for example, that she tells him, Yeah, these fruits, the Terumotu Ma'asrat, were done on them by him. Let's call him Reuben, by Mr. Reuben. Or this, this uh, dough was done, Hafrashat Halan, by Mr. Reuben. Or this hacham um, told me that I am um, uh, that I'm not in my menstrual cycle. He 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 allowed me to have relations with you. And after the husband ate or had marital relations with this woman, he went and asked this person, Reuven or the hacham, um, and he said, and the, the Reuven said that these things never happened and that he never. Did this for the wife ever? Also, if she was considered, if all her friends knew that she was in, in her menstrual cycle, and she told her husband that she is not in her menstrual cycle, that she is pure, that she's not impure, then this is also considered that she is obedient al dat Moshe. And what do we consider that Yehudi? This is the um, laws of modesty. Um, and specifically pertaining to dress code that the girls of Israel went by. And these are the things that if she did them, she um, uh, transgressed that Yehudit. She goes out to the marketplace or um, uh, or just to a uh, the, the opening, the alley Leading the, to the outside of her house, and her head is completely uncovered, and she doesn't have a redid, the thin um, cloth that was customary for the woman to put on their hair. Even though she has a, um, uh, the mitpa, a um, uh, an outer cloth, um, so she doesn't have the outer cloth like what was customary for the rest of women. Even though she has the under cloth that she would normally put. Or that she was working in the marketplace and she had a flower um, on her um, uh, cheek or um, uh, on her um, uh, on her forehead, like like the um, uh, imp- improper, promiscuous 
a non-Jewish woman would do. Or that she um, knits in the shuk, and shows her arms to people. In other words, has her arms uncovered. By arms we mean um, that she um, uh, picks her arms up so high that her armpits would be shown to the, to, to the public. This is according to Pirusha Mishnah. Which is brought in Rabbi Yochai Magbili's edition. Or that she would flirt with um, the young men. Or that she would um, uh, ask her husbands to have relations with him um, in, an, in a manner, in a loud manner, which causes all of the neighbors, all of her neighbors, to know that she wants to, that she's discussing matters of uh, marital relations with her husband or that she was uh, cursing the father of her husband in front of her husband in other words her father-in-law all these are what we call decreed that a woman should always walk around with a sinar a sinar is like a um, uh, like a sort of um, uh, A sinar recording got um, uh, paused and unplayed and played. So a sinar is an apron that the woman would put on her um, in the house. So Azrami decreed that a woman would put on an apron while she was in the house for um, reasons of modesty. However, she doesn't put on this apron. She's now what we call Obedat al-Dat Moshe and Andat Yudit, and she doesn't lose her ketubah. And also, if she left um, uh, and her and her house, um, if she left the, her house from Hasir to Hasir, from um, uh, courtyard to courtyard in the same maboy, in the same alleyway containing a few houses, um, she is um, without her um, outer. Head covering, but with her inner head covering on, she's not what we call Oberet al Dat. A woman who is Oberet al Dat, Yehudit or Dat Moshe, she needs witnesses and warning by those witnesses, sufficient warning, and then she loses her ketubah. So, um, uh, if, if she did um, transgress these dat, dat Moshe or dat Yehudit um, uh, within her, uh, between her and him, and he knew that she was transgressing dat Moshe or dat Yehudit, and he told her with no idea, without any witnesses, and she did it again, and, he, and, he, and now he goes to the, to the Bedin, to the court, and says she um, uh, transgressed dat Moshe after I told her not to, and she says, no, I didn't at all, I didn't do anything, um, or that there was no warning. Um, if he wants to divorce her, he gives her a ketubah, um, he has to give her a ketubah after she swears that she didn't transgress these things. And the, sw- the swear that she makes is that if um, that that she that she did not um, uh, tra- uh, transgress, so that if she um, uh, um, uh, admits that she transgressed um, uh, that Moshe that you did after being warned, she does she loses all the ketubah. 
Halakha tetvav kesad yosea mishum shemra. How does she get divorced from what we call Shemra, from a, given, from a bad name? For example, that there were witnesses that she did a very grotesque thing. And the thing, and the, the, um, the situation points out that she did some sort of um, uh, improper, promiscuous activity, even if there was no specific witnessing for um, sexual activity outside marriage. Kesad, how? For example, that she was alone in a courtyard and they see a, a man getting in and out. And they come in immediately as he exits the courtyard that him and her were alone in. And they see her standing on the bed and she's putting on, uh, getting, uh, fixing her clothing, like getting redressed or um, uh, re-wearing her um, uh, belt. Or that they found um, uh, you, um, uh, something wet above the um, uh, bed frame, the the the, the bed um, the bed curtain. Or that they see her and another man leaving from a dark place. Or taking helping one out, uh, helping one another come out of a dark pit or something to the effect of that which points out to some sort of promiscuous activity on the woman's side or they saw her kissing her um, uh, the um, uh, top um, area of her robe in other words not the, the husband some, somebody else or they saw the woman kissing or and hugging somebody else or they entered one after the other into a room and closed the doors. If the husband, if 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 there was a clear witnessing on one of these things, which point out the promiscuous promiscuous activity, even if there wasn't a clear witnessing of specific promiscuous activity, as long as she's this is what we call shemra, and the husband may divorce her without giving her a ketubah at all, and she does not need warning for these actions because these are obvious. Obviously promiscuous um, Improper actions All these three things Or a woman that did a promiscuous action We don't force the husband to divorce her But if he wanted to divorce her He divorces her Even though, even though he didn't divorce them They still lose their ketubah They don't have a ketubah Because Ikara ketubah is a um, takana made by the sages is, is something put in by the sages so it's not easy for him to divorce her and they didn't make sure they didn't enforce the ketubah the ketubah sorry by ketubah we mean all the ketubah I think maybe we'll see a little later that I was wrong um, we don't we, we, we the, the ketubah is only enforced by hachamim for a woman that was keshera um, a, a, a woman that doesn't transgress these things um, However, a woman that transgresses these things She also loses her ketubah But rather, these women who are uh, improper, acting improper um, not, not holding to the proper, um, basic, um, uh, fundamental um, uh, Ways of action of the proper uh, Jewish girls they do not get this, so to speak, um, privilege of having it a little, having it difficult to, for them to be divorced, and therefore they are easy to, to be divorced. Hence, in other words, the ketubah 
isn't enforced on the husband to pay. Somebody who saw his wife engaging in promiscuous extramarital sexual activity. Or that one of his wife's close relatives or friends, or one of his close relatives or friends that he trusts and, and uh, believes, um, told him that, that his wife was engaging in such activities. Whether the person saying it was a male or a female. Once the husband believes that this is the truth, he is obligated to divorce his wife. He's not permitted to have sexual relations with his wife and he has to give ketubah to the wife. And if she admitted that she was that she was um, engaging in, in promiscuous activities, um, then she also leaves with no ketubah. Therefore, he makes her swear with a sefer Torah that she didn't, which is a very um, serious type of swear. It's a serious transgression to make a fake swear on that to to um, lie. When swearing upon a Sefer Torah, that she didn't do so if he saw her doing it, um, and then she receives her ketubah. However, on the on somebody else's word, not on his own vision, he cannot make her swear. He can only make her swear on. He can only make her do what we call gilgul, which is, if she had to swear on something else, then he could say, "Oh, by the way, swear. I want you to swear also that you weren't engaging in promiscuous activities, like I was told." His wife told her, his wife told him that she had, she engaged in um, uh, marital relations with someone else from her own accord, on her own accord. We don't listen to the wife because it could be that she saw somebody else and she wants to get a quick way out of the, out of the marriage and she wants to marry somebody else. But she loses her ketubah and the belayot and the, the value flux of her um, uh, properties that, that that were in her nedunya, because she admitted to um, engaging in promiscuous activities. And if he believes her and he trusts what she's saying, he has to. He is obliged to divorce this woman. However, the court is not ob- obligated to. Um, uh, force this man to divorce his wife unless two witnesses two kosher two proper witnesses come and um, uh, attest and testify to seeing the woman engaging in promiscuous activity um, and that they um, uh, to, in, in her on her own accord and then the bitin forces the husband to divorce this woman woman <laughs> That had um, marital relations outside marriage, outside not with her husband, with somebody else other than her husband, not on purpose, or that she was um, not not on not um. 
or be'onis, not on her own wish, not upon her own wish, rape. She is allowed to, to be with her husband. It says, as it says in the Pasuk, and she wasn't caught. Therefore, if she was caught, she is allowed. Whether bench and asai Israel bench and asai goy, whether she was raped by a Jew and whether she was raped by a non-Jew. V'choshet tehilat biyataha be'ones, afal pishes sofaha berason, afilu amirah nihu lo, shil male lo anasoti aiti socharto. And in anyone, arizom uteret shayesel lebasham tehilatah be'ones aita. And any woman that was that the the beginning of the sexual the of of the marital relations she had was not to her. Um, uh, decision was not made by her decision. In other words, she was raped. Um, even if at the end of it, she, um, so to speak, um, showed that she was, uh, she, she desired to continue in this, um, in this uh, sexual activity. She is still it, because the beginning was um, rape. Um, she is still. Um, uh, it's considered that she was be honest, that she was raped, and therefore. She um, may be back. She she may have marital relations again with her husband. Women that were kidnapped by bandits. This is what we consider um, a kidnapped woman. which is what we call, which is raped. So any any act, any mar- marital relations that these bandits had with the woman was against their will. And they are allowed to to be with their husbands again once they come out of um, uh, this um, uh, kidnapping. However, if these women went to the bandits, and the bandits let them free and they went back to the bandits, this is what we call according to their own will, on their own accord, and they're disallowed on their husbands. And a woman that did it not on purpose, or that she did it not on, not according to her free will, that she had marital relations with somebody else, this is what we call, she, um, the, the, the law is the same, that she may be back with her husband, because shikaga, when, when a woman does something not on purpose, this is also what we call sad onus, it still has a, it wasn't, um, done by her complete free will. In what situation are we talking about? When her husband was a Jew, he was a Jew, not a Jew. He was from Israel. He wasn't a Kohen. But if her husband was a Kohen, even if she was, it was Shogeg or Onis, if it wasn't on purpose, it wasn't according to her free will, she's not allowed to be back with her husband who's a Kohen. Because nevertheless, although it wasn't, wasn't for her will, from scriptural law, she's still considered to be a Zonat, to be considered a uh, to to have done promiscuous activity on her even though she didn't do it with her free will um, will be described in the 18th chapter however both the wife of somebody from the rest of the Shabbatim of Israel the rest of the tribes of Israel or the wife of a Kohen that was raped um, her Ketubah is still there she didn't lose anything from her ketubah and we forced the Kohen to give her her ketubah and divorce her the wife of a Kohen who told her husband that she was raped or I made a mistake and had marital relations with somebody else he doesn't the husband shouldn't have to uh, um, worry about what she said. Because it could be that she saw somebody else and now she wants to get a quick way out of the, this marriage and be divorced. So he doesn't have to divorce her. However, if she was trustworthy to him or somebody that he trusts told her, told him that this woman was with somebody else, even not on purpose, then he has to divorce her and give her the ketubah. Um, 
this is deals with Isha Sota and Isha Sota um, is, will be described um, the laws of Isha Sota will be described in depth in the last set of, tra- of halachot of this book of Sefer Nashim there's a special set of Hilchot Sota but these two halachot deal um, uh, off the top with a, a woman that is Sota a man who tells his wife in front of two witnesses don't don't um, uh, be alone with this individual and she went into a place alone with this individual in front of two witnesses and enough time passed for her to have engaged in promiscuous activity she becomes disallowed on her husband until what we call it's a special process that is done on her an indicator to see if she made the avira or not is done on her as will be described in Hilchot Sota Continuation And if the husband dies Before we give her Meha Sota Before the indication is checked Before she's checked In Bet HaMikdash In the special process That will be described In Hilchot Sota Which is the end of the chapter Um in which she drinks something called meha marim. Um, if the husband dies beforehand, um, she still doesn't receive her ketubah, even if we didn't find any specific promiscuous activity that she engaged in. Because there's nothing more promiscuous and improper than this, than a husband telling her wife not to be with a certain man, and witnesses testifying that she was with a certain man um, alone. And today, which we don't have the indication of Mesota to help us, she's disallowed on him for all of the time, forever. And she leaves, she has to be divorced with no ketubah or tosefet ketubah or ikar ketubah, no tosefet ketubah, because her bad actions are what cause her to have to um, be disallowed on her husband. If the husband told her that she shouldn't be with somebody between him and her, and there were no witnesses, and he didn't do this in front of two witnesses, and, and then the husband saw her that she was be- um, uh, alone with this man that he told her not to be alone with, he must divorce her because there are no misota to check if she actually had um, um, uh, engaged in marital relations with him or not. And if she admits that she um, was alone with the man that she was uh, warned by the husband not to be alone with after he warned her, um, then she also is, uh, divorces with no ketubah and she needs to swear on this and then she gets divorced with no ketubah. And with this we finish the 24th chapter of Al-Khotishut. Baruch Adonai Amen